0: SEN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Robbie, last, or a fortnight ago now, Waratah broke a 20-plus year premiership drought to win this season's NTFL premiership. The Warriors 10-10, 70, defeated Southern District 7-10, 52 at TIO Stadium. As we spoke about before, Matt Dennis of Southern District won the Cheney medal. It's an interesting one. I can definitely see an argument. I wouldn't argue it too strongly. Um, You know, if you thought that Ed Morris or someone like that was a little more influential, I agree. Morris played probably one of the best games he's played all season. Adam Goulden was really good. I would have stuck with with Dennis's best on ground, but they're an interesting one. The Ruckman. I've seen arguments against uh, Ruckman getting 25 touches, like a Brody Grundy or something, and they say, well, maybe it's better just having like a Max Gorn type who doesn't get as much of the ball, but puts you know dominates the hitouts, first use to um, to his midfield, and can structurally set up behind the ball and stuff like that. Not that Dennis is doing those things, but um, when you have Dennis as your leading ball getter, perhaps they maybe would have liked a bit more influence from a Matt Shannon or a Jake McQueen or someone like that uh, rather than having Dennis going around racking them up Uh, what was your take on the game
1: yeah, my take was I thought coming into the game, I think we were all pretty confident Waratahs were going to win. Mm. And you don't – like premierships are hard to win. We both know that. But in hindsight, I actually thought coming into this grand final that Waratahs in a prime position to go back-to-back. And this is even thinking, which you shouldn't do, but thinking this before um, before the game's even played. And mm. I thought they were pretty disappointing in the second and third quarters. We'd spoken that week about if what district's made the slog, then that's the best way to get Waratahs. And the moment they turn it in an arm wrestle. Waratahs just looked stunned, didn't they? Mm. And their backline with O'Sullivan, I think O'Sullivan's game was highly underrated. Those guys held Waratahs together. Oh, that backline. To get them in that. If if Southern Districts had another type, similar to Luke Smith, Mm. Southern Districts win that grand final because Luke Smith was everywhere. I think Waddy went to him, bathed him, kicked three and had 20. Mm. Waddy had his four touches. So he didn't win that matchup whatsoever. That was the biggest flogging of a matchup, I think, on the day. And if they had one more person, if Dunstan had lifted a little bit, Mm. then I think, you know, Southern Districts almost get them.
0: Well, they probably do get them. I agree. I said uh, before the game that Matt Channel was a bit of a barometer, and I think he only had the six disposals, Mm. which is... He'd be his lowest tally for the whole year by a mile, I'd imagine. Um, you know, we're talking about a, a bloke who's got VFL experience. He's currently playing in the VFL, um, and and he's had a great season. He's made the rep team. But I thought that if you had, say, him or Jake McQueen, who last the weekend before against St. Mary's was arguably one of the best players on the ground, if you had one of those two just sort of get a bit more involved and have a bit more of an influence on the game, things could have changed because that was any team's game to win uh, deep into that last quarter.
1: Yeah, and if you look at the inside 50 stats, Clark, it was 50 to 35. So mm. Southern Districts had 15 more inside 50s, which is which is the way that we were sitting there in the crowd and felt it was going in that second and third quarter. And they really should have been probably, what, two goals up at three-quarter time? And if they were, then that would have made a very interesting, um, you know, last quarter. Oh, no doubt.
0: Um the celebrations yep. were quite strong. Firstly, credit to, to Waratahs. It sounds like we're being a little bit negative on them. They were challenged and, and responded to the challenge, those three goals. The game was up for grabs. You know, districts didn't just roll over, even though it looked like that a little bit in the end. Um, those last three goals, I think Carol, Anchors and, and somebody else kicked a goal, uh, were very, very good, very important, and they are the well-deserved premiers. They definitely celebrated too. They would have let yeah. all of Mitchell Street know... Um, through the following couple of days after the grand final about what had happened. Uh, did you like the... I'd like to get your take on the Jaden Magro costume. Obviously, he's dressed up as the boogeyman, which hmm. which was a bit of a SCN Fridays in the Top End thing um, about Kieran Parnell on that matchup. The Probably one of the... You don't hear a lot of great individual match-ups in the NTFL these days, but the magro Parnell one sort of picked up a bit of steam late in the year, didn't
1: it? Yeah, it definitely did, and I think... Um, but it, it definitely... Waratahs can't sit back and say they didn't alter the way they played Jaden Magro after the bust oh that yeah. Parnell gave him. So they moved him into the midfield, and we know the St Mary's midfield can be pretty unaccountable. And Magro definitely got a, got a hold of that when he went into the midfield. He got used. Um, and which built his confidence, and Parnell sort of, he had that shoulder injury, and he had to have surgery on his shoulder, so I think Parnell is going to be better, back better and stronger next year as well, but I'm hearing Parnell won't be back till December um, now, so that's with his shoulder, loss. yeah, that's a massive loss for St. Mary's, I think St. Mary's are going to be, could be a slider next year if they, um, if they aren't careful, but um, I think the Jaden Magro stuff, I think that's definitely fair play, I think from my time at Waratahs. I think Jaden Magro probably the best bloke. he's a good fella. One of the best blokes at the footy club. Um, and that's what we're bringing to the NTFL as well, Clarkie, through this program, that no other media outlet's done in the history of the NTFL. Is it bringing that... Sort of it is positive and negative. It's it's a evaluation of NTFL football and a proper evaluation. Mm. We don't go as hard as we want to. No. But they definitely we sort of saw keep the mic know. rolling during our private yeah, conversation. Exactly, yeah, definitely. But you know, we we haven't gone as hard as we wanted to. But definitely some teams used it as fuel this season and Oh mate,
0: there's no doubt about that, and I think Waratah in particular. You know, we've we've gone to enough Sunday sessions on Mitchell Street to, to mm. hear a lot about um, the motivation they're using it for. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Ayers didn't say anything before the game and just played played one of your good, bad, ugly segments yeah. <laughs> from the previous weeks. But look, we did get a bit of criticism um, about how we didn't rate Waratah, but mm. I think we were fair on them. And I know that's it's yeah. a one-sided argument here that we're both in agreement and all that sort of stuff. But the reality is, what had Waratah done leading up to the final? that that made you so convinced on them you know they they lost to St Mary's in a game where they had a clearly better team and they lost last year and they hadn't won a flag for 23 years so we could be forgiven for for not being exactly certain on tas once that first final came around and they belted Saints i think we changed very quickly then and labeled them as the premiership favorites
1: yeah definitely and uh, you know they and they, and in that clarky which you didn't mention is they lost to the southern districts twice during mm-hmm. the year but in our week two finals prediction, I said that they had six to eight players play in them, them games in both of those games, which aren't in their best twenty-two. Mm. And even Joel Crocker acknowledged that as well on the show. So they went in with their strongest sides, and against St Mary's, admittedly they had a very strong team, but they ended up going in with that game, and they probably just didn't gel as well, and just sort of. But that was sort of the Waratahs that we'd always seen come finals time. Mm. Um, but we never took them out of winning the flag. We no. at Christmas time, I said it was a three club race, and that's the way it ended, and it'll be interesting as well, Clarky, for us to touch on. I think Nycliffe is a big discussion point. We could talk, you know, 30 minutes about Nycliffe oh, and sure. about them, but I think Waratahs it's well-deserved, but they've got the best side on paper. 13 oh, state leaguers yeah. you'd, and a and hundred grand budget. You'd expect them to sort of feature,
0: wouldn't you? Oh, a hundred percent. I think... Um I think the success of Waratah won't just be on capturing one flag. It'd be Mm. keeping this group together and hopefully for them winning two or three flags in the Mm. next couple of years. And, you know, I don't know if you call it a dynasty in local footy, but going on Mm. a bit of a sustained run of performances rather than peaking and then dropping again so quickly. So um, it sounds like Ryan Ayers will stay on uh, next year. Is that that the mail you're hearing or are you hearing something different?
1: No, I I heard stuff different that he wasn't going on, but then um – After hearing some of the grand final celebrations and the antics, I'm pretty confident that he is going on. Um, I personally don't think he should finish up. Mm -hmm. I think when you've got a premiership side... They're in that window now. Right they might lose. Ride right it out. They've got three or four players. I reckon them. they might lose this coming up, but they they qualified some players last year and got their points lowered, like that Mc, um, McDonough from mm. Bombers. Um, Blair. What's his name? Blair from uh, Waffle. Oh, someone yeah. Blair or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The forward. A, yeah. So they've got a couple of players that might be coming back as drop points as well, Clarky, to factor in.
0: Yep, uh, we will review some of these games. Obviously, we'll leave Waratah to last now because we've spoken a good deal mm. about them and their season. Um, but yeah, look, I think there's no complaints overall. Just to wrap this Premier League stuff up, uh, I think the best team in the comp won it. I think that St. Mary's were a good team as well, but lacked a little bit of depth, and and some of their players that they relied on, like Dylan Lant, were starting to get very sore towards the end of the year. Districts definitely could have won the flag. We know Mm -hmm. that it would have been a monumental turnaround from their second semi-final loss, but to be in a winning position late in the last quarter suggests that they easily could have won it. Um, But yeah, I'm happy to. I'm. I feel satisfied knowing that Waratah are the premiers this year. I think they the best team won on the day? Well, I think also,
1: Clarkie, um, the, the, the two most consistent sides all year made the grand final. Mm. So Southern – like, Waratahs won the games they had to win. They lost to Saints once during the year and lost to districts twice. And I'm pretty sure that's their only losses. So um, anyone below them, they never lost to. So mm. they, the six bottom sides they took care of comfortably. Southern districts were challenged a couple of times and lost to Nycliffe and, and Buffaloes by uh, the draw. But – They were the two most consistent sides all year, and Mm. everyone was always talking, and even we were guilty of talking Saints to run home, they're coming home, and they just ran out of wind, and Buffaloes and Nycliffe showed glimpses, but at the end of the day, the two most
0: consistent sides made the grand final, and I, I like to see that. It seemed a, and obviously there's a few more, controversial statistics that we know about, but mm. it seemed like a bit of a southern competition this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, players, um, you know, a lot of our gun local players didn't feature super highly in, in our list that we made and team of the years. The the locals versus interstate team that we came up with on this show um, almost looked heavily weighted into the interstate team just because of how, mm. how many good interstate players we've had in the competition. And then southern districts and Waratah, and I'm not going to make any friends by saying this, mm. but um, have traditionally been seen as, as southern clubs or at least clubs that can draw upon their recruits from down south really well. So definitely had a bit of a southern feel about it this year. Is that, did you get that same take? Yeah, I definitely did, Clarkie. And um,
1: people have said stuff about how Waratahs fitted the points in because Waratahs did have about three or four locals. Mm. But obviously, if you get a player to move up now in the current rules like how you had Collis move up three years ago, Collis becomes a one-pointer, so then year two, he's a zero. Mm. So that like how that happens is pretty um, – that's how it happens as well if you can maintain these recruits because they pretty much become locals. So is playing juniors and developing, developing the, the, you know, your juniors through the 18s and that step up to Premier League, is that somewhat overrated now? That's the discussion because I'm thinking it probably is mm. and it could be a dinosaur move to do that. If you can just get an ex-VFL player to move up – after 12 months, he's a zero-pointer and pretty much a local junior classified no, as. This exactly is where the right. point system gets lurky yeah. because as a local kid moving four-pointer, I reckon that's had a more worse effect on the locals, maintaining locals, than the point system should have done.
0: Yeah, I could talk all day about the point system. Mm. Uh, one of my questions, actually, for later on about Nycliffe is: Is there such thing as a rebuild in territory footy? So we're sort of touching on that a little bit. But you're right. I um, I think there. If you're playing to the letter of the law, there are so many loopholes in the point system that you can mm. exploit. Um, And and I don't know if the AFL are under-resourced. Like, it's not about sort of pot-shotting AFL and T because it's hard to make a a rule set and and guidelines that everyone agrees with. But, yeah, I agree to you with that four-point situation. Mm. There's plenty of local players that uh, leave clubs for various reasons, and it's not so much. I don't know if we've ever had a huge issue. I know we've got Cameron Island, but I don't know if we've had a huge issue of locals being poached for Bitcoin and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes when locals leave, it's either for family reasons um, or, or for opportunity. So, yeah. sticking them as the highest as a four-pointer yeah. is, is a tricky one.
1: Yeah, it was definitely as well. Like, when I was going for that Wanderers job, there was about 10 players that said they were going to leave, and they were all going to be four-pointers. I was like, was it if you're Wanderers Football Club, how do you fit in? If you're Wanderers and if you're the committee, if you had any brains, you would have just said, look, you guys go then. None yeah. of them are good enough to go to St. Mary's and be four-pointers except Braden McLean. Mm. All the rest of them would have just you know, filled up the Divvy the 1. So you got to understand that. And I think footy clubs like Wanderers and Buffaloes and Saints that have better local bases need to recruit better if they want to compete with Waratahs and districts
0: next year. Yeah, no, I've got no doubt about that. Mm. We do need to go to a break very, very soon. Uh, The Women's Premier League, what a turnaround by Pint. We spoke to Ricky Nolan last week on the show, and he was undoubtedly a happy man. Jasmine Hewitt, the star again, but it was a big win. 40 points in the end over Waratah, a team that beat him a fortnight previously. Was that a surprise for you?
1: The margin definitely was. Mm. Don't know how you've seen it, but we all tipped Pints, and I thought, Maybe we disrespected yeah, Waratahs that a, bit. a bit, too. Yeah, and then Waratahs come out and I think Waratahs started well. Can want to kick the first two, maybe, mm. and then they just fell flat. And the, the you know I shouldn't say this because it's taken away from the two sides in the grand final, but I thought St Marys would have won, like being close to winning that flag, and I thought. Geez, like considering how, how much they push pints the week before, um, they were a disappointing factor for me in the last two or three weeks of the finals. If we're going to have mm. equality on evaluating the men's and the women's programs, but um, great co- great coaching performance from Rick Nolan, and we did say that the, that week mm. that Rick Nolan hadn't seen a few of these Waratah girls probably, and then he was able to digest them. And knowing they, Rick, he probably would have watched yeah. twenty hours
0: of vision during yeah. that. Like. Definitely. not even exaggerating he, yep. he lived and breathed it. and I know this flag would have meant a lot to him um, mm. given A his coaching aspirations in the future clearly he wants to go back into the men's Premier League yep. um, and also how close he is with the group too he's uh, if you sp- listen to Rick whether it's on air off air he speaks so glowingly about the group that he's coaching and, and just loves everything about how the Queen Ants go about their football and their will to yep. improve and stuff like that so no doubt that would have been very important to him but you're right I thought uh, leading into the grand final hey have we shown enough respect to Waratah they might actually be the premiership favourites other media outlets have, have been asking around for predictions and I think mm. Waratah were the favourite I think you know, 75% of people I saw tipping that game had yep. Waratah to win so for Pints to come out so emphatically I think shows is a testament to that club and the coach yeah definitely and it made our team of the year as
1: well justified I think mm. we had 8 or 9 Pints girls in that team and obviously the other pages doing their top players and it's going to be interesting to see how much Pints players they do have in that list considering Pints was so dominant this season with a percentage mm. of like four or 500 they should have six or seven girls in that top 25 and I bet you they don't
0: yeah I'd love to see who what the cutoff is too with the amount Mm. of games and that sort of stuff because you have someone like Daniel Ponta who was clearly going to be the player of the final series if Saints would have won and then Jasmine Hewitt who who Mm. gets the chocolates in the end with a couple of best on ground performance in a row uh I'm not going to compare Hewitt to Ponta, it's unfair. They're both star players, you don't have to compare everyone. But, gee, Jasmine Hewitt's building a pretty good resume, isn't she, as a a territory footballer?
1: Yeah, she definitely is, and she definitely... a, A few people told me that they didn't rate her or said that she actually worsens pints or something as well before the finals. That's a strange one. um, That was strange and so I I thought it was a massive final series for her and um, I definitely think she's the second best player in the comp uh, to Danielle Ponner and her final series though took her up to that caliber where some people would say she's better than Danielle Um, and and they're justified as well in having
0: that opinion from her final series. Well I think that it's too hard to say that she's better than Danielle given what Danielle's done at the top level. Mm. Um, but if you're talking about purely NTFL players in the women's competition, having that such a versatile player like a Hewitt who can, like I think she might have kicked, I could be wrong here, but I think she kicked 30 plus goals in her first season back when she was at St Mary's way back in the day and more recently um, she's developed as that ruckman that can run around everywhere. I know she's played in defence at higher levels like the Sandfield and AFLW. To have a, have a like a, a Mrs. Fix-It uh, is the word I would use. it. You know, a player that can just plug holes and, and do whatever um, the team needs on the day. I think Jasmine Hewitt, there's probably no better player in the competition than that. I would have loved to have seen Daniel Ponte be played behind the footy, which I spoke to yeah. Rick about last week, and, and it was a funny one, that one, because Rick was sort of saying, I think he played it a bit on the fence there, saying, oh, you, you never know until after you finish the game and you review it. It's hard in the moment. It, it did seem pretty obvious in the moment, didn't
1: it? Oh, it definitely did. It was one of it was you know, I don't want to be too critical of, you know, but there was some critical decisions that cost St. Mary's in that aspect, and yeah, Daniel Ponte should have went, started on the ball, let alone went eight minutes in, so... Mm. That was quite uh, it was alarming, wasn't it, Clarkie, to be honest.
0: Congrats to the Queen Ants. Congrats to the Waratah Football Club in mm. the Premier League and obviously commiserations to those teams that just missed out. I think if we have time, Rob, it might be a good idea to, because we were doing our previews and we kind of, sorry, our reviews of these mm. teams and we sort of, it was it was a topical conversation too when we were putting those reviews up. Yep. But we still have four teams that we could probably go through. Uh, so we might do that uh, after the break. Yep. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Ran and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter.